0: Or you listening to this podcast now, settle in, grab a cuppa, so it's welcome. the Valesco Fitness Collective, podcast with
1: James and Ellie. Hey team, welcome to yet another Valesco Fitness Collective podcast. This one is quite funny, but I find it quite funny because the person that we're about to talk to, you've actually already heard on this episode before you've heard my voice. Um, because we have Miss Ella Rothwell. Um, do you follow, like, professional etiquette and Instagram etiquette and introduce yourself as Rothwell official, or do you just go with...?
0: So, it's official <laughs> Rothwell, if we're being...
1: <laughs> <Sorry>.
0: <laughs> so I So, um, I made the decision this year, actually, to just be Ella Rothwell, because stick true to your roots. I don't know, I was over the Rothwell bit, so...
1: Does, does any, When you introduce yourself as Ella Rothwell, does anyone ever ask you, are you the official one?
0: <laughs> All the time. It's weird. Oh,
1: yeah. So, yeah, we are joined by Ella, who is, we're here to talk about a couple of different things. We're here to talk about the, quite frankly, ridiculous run that Ella is doing later this year, um, how training's going for that, what the transition is like from a more functional fitness methodology over to very specifically running. We're going to talk about why Ella's doing the run. Uh, and Ella's just been welcomed into the fold of Valesco coaches as well so she's just started her internship so we're going to understand a little bit more about that as well so I'm really looking forward to it. Ella's awesome so I'm really looking forward to you guys all getting to know her as well as we're starting to. As always Ellie Buck is here to join us. Ellie how are you? I'm very well thank you. How are you? <laughs>
2: yeah I'm great. How's your day been? Um. Good on the whole, apart from a mini adventure with my car, which has led to me having to spend quite a lot of money on it. <gasps> What's happened? Uh, so I nearly broke down on the way home last night at quarter to ten. Um, engine warning light. Turned the engine off, turned it back on again. It was fine. Tried to leave. Um, yeah, tried to go to the gym in Cardiff today, and the same thing happened. So I had to limp it into a garage and a an MOT, and a £1,000 later, I'm getting my car back tomorrow. <laughs> Idiots! Oh balls! So apart from that, it's been a it's been a good day.
1: Not sure if I'm sorry I'm asked, but I'm glad you're getting your car back. <laughs>
2: yes, straight up. So am I. Um, it's a we,
0: long
2: it's a long walk from Cardiff if you uh, if you don't have a mode of transport. <laughs> not if you're. I got a
0: ticket.
1: Pardon. So not if you're. Aller not with what you're about to run.
0: Yeah, legend. two hours. <laughs> <Ali. laughs> I wish. What were you about to
1: say before I interrupted you?
0: I got a speeding ticket and three points on my licence this week. oh It was all... How annoying. I was going 44 in a 30 zone.
1: I mean, rules are there for a reason, Ella.
0: I know. And I'm normally a stickler for the rules. I love rules.
1: <laughs> um, um, right. I feel like we're already pretty warm, but we're going to do the Q&A anyway, because I think it'll be quite a nice way to get to know Ella. So, Ella, first question. Would you rather shout everything that you ever said at the top of your voice or only be able to talk for one hour a day?
0: I feel like I shout most of the time anyway, so I'll take the shouty one. All right, cool. Easy.
2: Uh, Tea or coffee?
0: (sighs) Coffee runs through my veins. So I'd say coffee.
1: You're in good company. (laughs) Um, Most rewarding moment of 2020?
0: Ooh. Oh. Oh. There was a lot of sitting around, to be fair. Oh, I got a promotion at work. There you go. Did I last year? You sure? (laughs) No, I didn't. I did, I did, I did. (laughs) End of last year yeah smash that
1: congratulations
0: oh. <laughs> Thanks. your favorite
2: movement when training
0: do you know what i love a dumbbell snatch
1: do you mm. i like dumbbell snatches as well that's good oh. good movement
0: functional fun <laughs> kind of easy
1: <laughs> at least favorite movement
0: i don't like burpees no, no. Nope.
1: I mean, don't take this the wrong way, but you're built for burpees.
0: Are you saying I'm short?
1: Uh, yeah, a little bit.
0: I'm, I'm five foot four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm average size.
2: People in glass houses and all that.
1: Well, I love a burpee. I'm fully. I'm embracing that.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> I just feel like you feel like you're going really fast and then you're going so slowly in real life do you know what I mean?
2: <laughs> Time slows down when you're doing burpees Max. Yeah. Would you rather give up alcohol for a year or your smartphone for a month?
0: I already gave up alcohol for a year and a half so wow that was really um smug I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> done it yeah no and it was actually the best 18 months ever did it all 2020 was sober and then the majority of this year and i've just finished drinking again until my run nice
1: nice easy alb summer or winter
0: summer every friggin moment ever
2: cool (laughs) and then the most important question and probably the reason we still do the warm-up Q and A's,
0: uh-huh.
2: and I haven't pre-briefed you on this. You can confirm to James in a second. If your only mode of transport could be a donkey or a giraffe, what would you choose and why?
0: So, having listened to previous episodes, <laughs> I, I've i flipped between the two, but I think a donkey, because because they're sturdy, they're right. reliable. They can carry a lot of stuff. So you could move your... Your... Your, your thing. <laughs> your Virgin Mary's. Yeah, your Virgin Mary's. Probably help you find an inn. Yeah. A room in an inn. Yeah, um, Yeah, I think a donkey. A giraffe would be fun, but you wouldn't be able to go under bridges. I'm sorry, Ellie.
2: And are you, you debunk my, my theory that the creatives of the world would go for the fun option.
0: I may be creative, but I'm also a stickler for uh, tardiness. So I feel like a donkey would get you there on path.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Right. I don't know how, how long into this we are, but definitely too long for some up Q and A's and some sorry. brief chat. Oh no, don't be sorry. I think the most logical place for us to start Is, however, you want to pitch it. Mm. Who are you?
0: (laughs) I am a dried-up pop star. Now I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. (laughs) I am. (laughs) I am Ella Rothwell. That name contains a lot, I reckon. I'm um was a musician for years and years and years in London. I toured and I wrote music for other people and had an artist project, um, which was loads of fun. I was broke for the majority of the time and uh, lived a very fun musiciany life. And I am now, I've moved back home. I live with my mum, which is also very rock and roll. And I'm working in a hospital, training to become a coach. And yeah, that's a very brief summary of what I am and who I've been.
1: Nice. If you um, Ella jokes about the uh, the musician life, but just Google her and you'll you'll see that she's kind of tongue in cheek joking because she's a bit legit. And if you've heard her sing as well, you'll know she's very legit. So you mentioned it there in the Who Am I? Getting to know Ella Rothwell. You are the newest member of the Valesco coaching team. Talk to us a little bit about that. What, what, what got you into training, I guess, first of all? What's your kind of training background? And then what was the change recently or, or relatively recently that made you decide to step into the world of coaching?
0: So I, my sporting background uh, is predominantly captain of the D-team rounders team at school. I was a taking part that counts kind of gal, And, but I loved sport and I played sport at uni. I played hockey mainly. And I always dabbled in the cross-country running. Um, But when I was living in London, obviously being a musician, you have to sort of look after yourself if you're always doing photo shoots and video shoots and you're doing gigs where people are taking photos of you from the least flattering angle you can possibly (laughs) imagine like get right up underneath your gut and your chin and you're like thank you for those photographs delightful so I kind of wanted to start looking after myself and I started going to a normal gym um whilst I was living in London but I really didn't like the what's the word I found the gyms full of mirrors and people in lots of sort of matching gym sets and stuff like that quite stifling. And I just wanted to get a bit sweaty and a bit messy. And um, I was pointed in the direction of a CrossFit gym by one of the coaches at the other Globo gyms, I believe they're called. And I just haven't looked back because the community I fell into at my first gym was so lush and it became my social life my fun um and then it feels like the same has happened moving back to bristol i was like the first thing we're going to do is find a crossfit box because i know people they're always fun and um lo and behold some fun people so um i really feel passionate about the way of training and the methodology behind it all and so i wanted to get involved and start coaching um and that's led me to doing my training and starting my internship with you guys. Nice. Where, do you want
2: to, where are you up to in your internships? So you
0: oh, what have you been doing in the
2: last few sessions?
0: I've been leading warm-ups, writing the warm-ups. and bearing in, like I said this earlier to Layla, bearing in mind that like, I've sung in front of quite a few people. I'll get so nervous in front of a class of 17. I'm like, oh my God, how do you do a burpee? And you have to think, you have to break it down in your head. You're just like, oh, but I'm loving it. So I'm at the warm-up stage. I think I'll be starting to coach for the WOD part of the session soon.
1: What well, um, what are you most looking forward to about the internship? Which bit?
0: Being a coach.
1: <laughs> just the end of <laughs> the it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, I'm excited about running my whole, like my first session from start to finish. I think I'll feel so chuffed. And obviously I've got the coach's t-shirts and the coach's gilet and all of that stuff. And I feel like I, I will have really earned it once I've done that.
2: Nice. looking, fly. Love that. She's um, the only one of the three of us that's on brand tonight in her. Uh...
0: <laughs> I know, got the t-shirt on, ready, got coach on the back.
1: Oosh. Um, what's been, and you might have already answered this in, in the, the comment you've just made, what's been the hardest bit or the bit that surprised you the most about moving from a member and being in the classes to being at the front of the classes with, with all eyes on you? What's the, what's the worst bit or the hardest bit or the bit that's taken you by surprise the most?
0: I think you suddenly go from feeling like you can just melt into the group of people to being at the front and then having people who you kind of know. And to be fair, I don't know many of um, the members. I know a couple, but I'm getting to know lots of people. But it's just really daunting, the the, the whole coaching thing. <laughs> so not all of it, but yeah, it's just quite scary as a newcomer.
1: Nice. I, um, I don't know about you, but one of the things that I found when I made the, the move was, I guess like a level of imposter syndrome,
2: because
0: yeah definitely people keep up that doesn't to...
2: change by the way I still, <laughs> now, I still stand in the gym and I'm like people are actually listening to me they're actually taking cues from me and, and trusting that what I'm telling them is right which by the way it, it normally is but I still get this <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. doesn't feel like it's real
1: Every, everyone's suddenly panic reading their waivers from the door. <laughs> <got at> <laughs> yeah I was I do what I'm
2: doing by the way most of the time I just also, felt like
1: I hadn't been felt like I'd only been doing like CrossFit and functional fitness for like a year, a year and a half, and I was then coaching people that I know had way more like tenure than I did in in the sport. I was just like, yeah. When
0: am Amy was in the class I coached today, and I was just like, oh, I know you know what you're doing, Amy. Don't worry. Just <laughs> it's so it's so embarrassing because you just think. You know so much more than me but this is my booklet of I've got a folder and uh, uh what to call it a lever arch file with just my level one <laughs> training guide printed out and I'm ready to highlight so that's exciting
1: strong let's get on to probably the thing that's quite a large portion of your your life at the moment your your training you are running quite a distance in the near future mm-hmm. you want to uh want to fill in some details for the listeners what what are you maybe leave why you're doing it just for now um because mm-hmm. we will come on to that and it, that you know probably deserves its own own spotlight but what you're doing how you're training for it the the distances involved what you know what challenges you're up against
0: so i will be doing six marathons in six days running from london to bristol all along the canals i decided not to go along the m5 is it the m5 i think it's the m5 motorway um and so it's about 157 miles which seems nuts and i've still never run a marathon so i actually emailed my coach this week like oh just it's only eight weeks wait oh are we planning a marathon anytime soon and he was like yeah we'll do one so from take from that what you will I think I'm training at the minute I'm running about 60 kilometers a week and doing one gym session a week uh, to strengthen my legs just because I've had a couple of weaknesses which has led to a bit of injury but I'm training in blocks of four weeks so I'll do three weeks building in distance and then have a recovery week which is actually not really a recovery week I still have to run about 35 kilometers which is exhausting (laughs) but I'm absolutely loving it and I kind of I was I took up running in lockdown because I did zooms and uh, I actually tried to do a dumbbell thruster with a paint pot and I exploded it all over mum's garden so (laughs) there was a whole fiasco and actually on my Instagram there's a little reel because I filmed the whole thing I was gonna
1: say Um, I think I remember seeing the video it was incredibly funny (laughs)
0: um and I was sort of banished from the garden and from doing home workouts so I started running and I was on relatively short run when I decided to run from London to Bristol Um, but I found it very very cathartic and therapeutic and it's just been an amazing time for me to think and to sort of do some healing and stuff like that so I've it's been a lot and it's also meant that I can eat loads of food I've probably taken that to the extreme but (laughs) I I just love Pick and mix so much. <laughs> um, so that's that's been a plus side of it all. I did think I'd have abs by now, and I don't, which is offensive. But hey ho. Um, and yeah, it's a lot. I'm training a lot. How
2: have you How have you found the switch from sort of functional fitness and lifting a lot of weight and doing very. I suppose most workouts are no longer than half an hour. How have you found the switch from that to running and not doing a huge amount of weighted exercise?
0: I have found it quite difficult because I miss the style of training that I am used to and have been doing for years. Um, the first, actually the first couple of weeks in my running journey and the first bit of the training programme, my legs after running two days consecutively I couldn't walk I looked like Donald Duck I was just wobbling <laughs> everywhere for a couple of weeks and then your body just gets used to it and I think I'm going to find it bizarre going back into functional fitness because I'm used to blocking out an hour and a half of my day to sort of go and do and turn off you there's not not you can run and just switch off a bit which I've quite liked whereas when you're doing a functional fitness class you're thinking all the time you're like what have I got to do my weights my maths is awful so that takes up the majority of my brain space whilst lifting weights but um I've enjoyed the different uh the different kind of training and I think I'll keep an aspect of it whether that's in rowing or whether that's carrying on my running doing the cardio feeling as fit as I do now is really fun um but I can't wait to get back in the gym
1: Nice. Do you? How's? So I'm assuming you've got a dedicated running coach that's looking after you.
0: Coach Chris, never met him, never seen his face, but he's a legend.
1: <laughs> how? How is? How does that work? What? How, how is? How are? You, how are your training blocks structured? How are you having to? fuel yourself is it different what's what's that look like for for someone that might do a lot of running like outside the gym for someone that goes on a couple of runs a week or whatever is there if they wanted to add a bit of structure and actually measure their running and and Mm. look to actually improve it and and be able to compare it over time what you know what what advice would you have for them how does it look for you how is it structured
0: so most of my weeks are structured I'll have um monday is always my rest day and i don't do anything not i'm not active recovering sometimes i'll go for a walk but within the week i'll have a time trial run so a run for time uh i'll have an interval session so i'll have two kilometer sprints kilometer sprints mile sprints um at varying speeds mainly focusing on my heart rate and how uh what the perceived effort is um for those intervals i've actually really enjoyed that because it has mixed up the the i want i don't want to say mundane because i do really like the long distances Um, but it just has thrown a little bit into the um week and mixed it up and then i'll do two long runs on the weekend so this week i've done i did a very easy seven kilometers uh a sprinted eight kilometers easy five and then I've got two 20 kilometers this weekend Saturday and Sunday so and we just build up on the distance each week um before I take a deload week where we go back to sort of the starting distance but it's just been about focusing on how much effort I'm putting into each run and knowing what pace I'm at and how that pace feels because I've got such a long distance to go um I need to be really aware of what my body feels like going at a certain pace. So I know that I'll be able to make it to the end. Um, so yeah, that's been really interesting learning all about that. But my advice would be to mix up your training. Don't just head out for a run sort of have in your mind, how many kilometers you want to cover in the week. Um, do go out on runs that you know will be easier. And then you can train weights in the afternoon if you feel like it, or just have a, easier training session and intervals I have noticed how they've improved my fitness sort of tenfold so that's been really good
1: okay you talked about understanding how your body feels at different output levels Hmm. was that did that just happen was it fairly straightforward or was that taking a little while to get used to because that I guess that would translate to CrossFit as well when you're you know in much longer workouts chipper style workouts you know 18 20 22 minute plus amraps pacing is important and it's really easy to say like don't go out too hot and then everyone like inevitably sets like a pr 500 meter road <laughs> straight off the bat
2: Story <laughs> how, of
1: how has it been learning to understand i guess almost data free without seeing your heart rate without seeing you know any form of output level, just understanding feel.
0: It's been really interesting and I think it's bit at the start it was really difficult because I just wanted to run and I wanted to did it I wanted to do um go fast and sort of like you say hit those PBs and just um be good at it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's taken time to learn. But it's now made my entire training program easier now that I understand it. And now that I understand the fact that it benefits me if I have a lighter session or don't go out as hot straight away, I know I'll be able to maintain a similar pace from beginning to end instead of running really, really fast at the beginning of a session and then ending up going sort of six and a half kilometers not it. What's it well how do you measure it again six and a half minutes per kilometer um by the end of it so I've actually really enjoyed it and it has been I don't have to look at my watch as much anymore because I have one of those garminy things that tells you your heart rate and stuff so um it's much easier to go off feel and it makes the whole thing easier
2: What's your favourite style of training session? I have all the different variety sort of options that you have or things that you're given. What's your favourite? What do you look forward to each week?
0: I actually really love, I love the long distance ones. So I just love knowing that I'll go off on a bit, in a bit of an adventure and sort of see lots of the city. And I take good podcasts, good playlists, and I just go and switch off and enjoy the long run. So, yeah, weirdly. Never thought I'd say that myself, but here we are.
1: Do you pre-plan your routes or do you make it up as you go?
0: Sometimes I wing it and then I always regret winging it. Because <laughs> <time. laughs> I'll just run up the same street three times. So I'm like, oh, I've got a fourth of a kilometre to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you look at my Strava maps, sometimes they're just like, it looks like that snake on, what was it, a Nokia 4310? What was that phone? The
1: 3310. What did mm-hmm. I say? I mean, it, it, to be fair, they were, they were pretty much all the same. I think
0: banging. I'm you know, I a see-through green case. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so no I <laughs> I try to plan them, but because I've been doing it so much now, I'm quite aware of how long it will take me to get from one place to the next. So I am um, I have the I don't have to plan as much. But like this weekend, I'm going down to Dorset. It's between Dorset and Salcombe, but I found some runs, and I'm going to go and do some coastal runs. Um, just to change it up, because you can only run around the down so many times.
1: I guess the, the the biggest question on most people's minds right now is why are you running six marathons in six days?
0: Because <laughs> I'm a crazy mother.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. I mean that's that that would be my first instinct.
0: Right,
1: that's that's a lot of running and a, not a lot of time. <laughs> so what's the uh, what what made you decide to do it, and where's where's the the inspiration come from?
0: So I have wanted I lost my little brother in 2019 dear Fred he was an absolute legend and uh he died by suicide so since he passed I have wanted to do something Mm -hmm. I think grief takes up so much headspace and sort of just completely consumes your life for the first year it did mine anyway and I didn't I knew that I wanted to do something, but I didn't, I was all over the place and couldn't ever really focus the energy. But I actually would say lockdown massively helped with me being able to sit and heal and think about everything. And through running, I had all this time to think. And I was like, maybe I should run. Maybe I should run somewhere for Fred and to raise money because I know that lots of people are raising awareness for mental health and it's a huge topic at the moment, especially on social media. And it's so much more spoken about than it has been, but the resources to help people at the front line still aren't as supported as other charities and stuff. So I just wanted to do as much as I could and raise as much money as I could to help these I'm raising money for a charity called calm and they provide helplines for people who are sort of in their hour of need, but they also support families who have been bereaved through suicide. And as someone who's been bereaved through suicide, there is not much support. And because it is still quite a taboo subject, people who have been through the same thing don't speak about it as much as perhaps People who have lost people to cancer and to other things—it's just not really spoken about. So there's not much of a community or a network or people who you feel you can relate to. So this charity do um, do loads for the families who are bereaved by suicide, which I thought was really important too. Um. So ah yeah, I'm running in memory of my gorgeous little brother who would also think I'm absolutely insane and be very against the whole thing. (laughs) It's kind of why I want to do it. He would be at the end with a big old pint of cider and a fag in his hand. And he'd be like, go on house. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I just, I want to speak about it. The reason why I've been so prominent on social media with the whole run is firstly, because I want to raise money to support the charity, but also because I do want to talk about it. And I have been so affected by mental health and suicide through what has happened to my family, that if I can't talk about it, I only add to the stigma of it not being spoken about. So I think it's so important to encourage people to talk about it. And the fact that I mention it more often than not on social media, I hope makes other people feel like they can talk about it too. And if they're feeling like they, um need help and they can see that people are just having the conversation they'll be they'll be that little bit more encouraged to talk
1: yeah I love that thanks thanks for sharing as well I think it's it's a really unique perspective to have somebody in your position that's as kind of open to talk about it and as kind of prominent in talking about it as you are what? Is there any advice or what would you say to people either in your situation that might not have something like running to, to help them through? You know, obviously it sounds like lockdown and running actually was a bit of a a blessing in disguise.
0: Massively.
1: How what about the people around you and that are close to you and, and Fred that maybe didn't have something like running or didn't have something to fall back on? What helped them? or what is helping them and what would you say to either anybody in the same sort of position that may have lost somebody um, to to suicide or maybe to those that know somebody in your position because I think that can be quite hard knowing somebody that's lost somebody I think generally Mm. can be really difficult because you don't want to say the wrong thing. I think people are maybe anxious as to whether or not they should or shouldn't talk about it, whether or not that's a good thing, a bad thing, whether it will upset somebody, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So what, have, have you got any advice being in the position that you are for mm-hmm. people, I guess, on both sides of the, of the coin?
0: So I think when it comes to speaking to someone who you know has lost somebody really close to them, it's really tricky because grief is such a strange thing and I can't sit here and pretend to be a master of it because I'm still very much in the wraps of it and some days I feel really strong and I feel like I can talk about Freddie and talk about not even what happened but just talk about him and other days I used to work at night like a little ice cream stand thing and a kid came up and he was called Freddie and I burst into my into tears and my boss was like are you okay (laughs) and I was like and you have really strong days and you have really weak days and I think it's important that if you're with someone who has lost somebody and they are talking about them just encourage the conversation because they'll be talking about them for a reason I have I'm covered in tattoos and lots of them now are sort of related to Fred and I was cornered in the toilets at work the other day by this lady who meant so well and she was asking about them and it sort of came up in conversation and she asked so many personal questions and it just overwhelmed me. And it's, it's just, I wasn't in the right position to talk about it. Um, and I had mentioned it because she'd asked about my tattoos but it's kind of, so it's a bit of a tricky one But when somebody wants to talk, I think they will, when it comes to grief and somebody who is grieving. And then answering the first part of your question, what do people who haven't had running taken to and sort of what do they do? It is so personal. I know that my mum really enjoys peace and quiet when she needs it she'll sit and do she's getting very good at sudoku's which is kind of annoying because I used to be better at her than that. Oh. <laughs> but she just sits and she knows when she needs to be quiet and just like have a peaceful moment and she's sort of taken that on but it is so different for everybody I wouldn't be able to talk for the rest of my family because you find your little ways of remembering them and doing what it is that you need to do to think about them
1: love that. Thank you. Um, Am I right in saying that the route isn't random either?
0: Oh, no. We are going from London, which is where, bless my little brother, not the most organised of people. um, He lived with me. He kind of crashed on my sofa for the last year of his life he lived with me a lot in London and we spent loads of time together there and then obviously we grew up together in Bristol and I have so many fond memories of him here so I wanted to run from they just were two places that I'd spent most time with him and I really wanted to run one from the other Um, and I found some beautiful canal routes which is actually a run that some nut jobs do in 24 hours no thanks they go from little venice to the city center of bristol and they just don't stop running i like sleep too much for that so i was like i'm not gonna do that (laughs) I'll, i'll split it into a week um so i'm going all through along the kenneth and avon canals which i've always wanted to live on a houseboat so i'm just gonna perv out my favorite ones and hope that keeps me entertained for hours and hours and hours. So have you, have, you,
2: have you planned your route down to the last, to the finest detail with where you're staying? And I'm assuming you're taking a support group or person with you rather than carrying everything that you need on your
0: back. <laughs> Can you imagine, I'd be looking like a little turtle. No, <laughs> um, my mum is my support vehicle. She is pretty much my support vehicle in life. So I thought it was only fitting that she'd come and be my support vehicle my snack bitch as they say no I'm joking you'll maybe cut that out sorry mum oh you're more than that <laughs> <laughs> she better be there with flapjack so I'm telling you now she um she has taken the week off work bless her and she's going to be at the beginning and end of each marathon and at the points between because I'll be splitting it I don't I'll be splitting it up from day to day having sort of 20 minute breaks here and there and um so, yeah, and then if anything goes wrong, she's kind of knows first aid. So she'll be on site. And I know that I've planned my exact route. I haven't booked the Airbnbs yet. I kind of need to do that soonish. <laughs> um, it's, say, weeks away. But I'm staying in Slough one night, which is pretty rock and roll. Uh, somewhere called Newbury, somewhere called Devizes, I think. So, but I'm getting a very eclectic uh, view of the southwest of England and the south. But um, it is pretty set and organised and structured. I just have to not get lost, which I think down if you just follow a river, you should be fine. Yeah.
1: Yes. Hundred percent. All rivers lead to Bristol. That's what I heard.
0: (laughs) I'll end up in Manchester and be like,
1: what? um, I guess most important part of the planning. Do you know what you're going to have? What your first meal and/or drink is going to be when you're done.
0: I'm going to have such a big pint. I know you can only get a pint-sized pint, but a massive pint of Thatcher's <laughs> Haze. Yeah. Oh! But job. I am going to get so drunk so quickly. Can you imagine? One You're
2: pint going to for the evening part of your final day as well, then, to be your support vehicle home. Yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> I'm going to need support. I'm, I already know I'm going to sob. And it's all uphill, the last bit. I really you didn't did not tell me that. Oh, and you're running the last bit, (laughs) (laughs) sucker. I think you should too. Um, But then I might actually ask my mum to make me a lasagna because she makes the best lasagna with homemade garlic bread and a pint of cider. Ah, Mm. That sounds
1: great. (laughs) I'm so hungry as well right now. (laughs) So where do people go? How do they follow you? How do they donate to you? What What do they need to know?
0: Um, the easiest place is probably Instagram. Um, I have got my official Rothwell page with the donation link. I also have another running page because I have been posting a lot and I thought people would get slightly irritated with the amount. So I made another running page, but I've moved it back over to official Rothwell to sort of get the last bit of donations and sort of gear it up a bit. Um, so on official Rothwell is your best bet on instagram and then there's but if you just go to just giving type in uh rothwell just giving and it the fundraising page should come up um but also if anybody wants to the last marathon on saturday the 14th of august everybody i will be doing a marathon from bath university and then a half marathon checkpoint 10 kilometer checkpoint and a five kilometer checkpoint so if you want to come and just run for shirts and gigs i don't know if that's a thing but um it'll be loads of fun i'm envisaging forrest gump when he just runs across america and so so- you're gonna grow a beard yeah yeah, yeah, in yeah six yeah. days this is i'm four months in <laughs> i've got a five o'clock shadow um so I, yeah, I'm going to be doing checkpoints. I'll be putting them all up on social media. So if there are any keen runners who, or just people who want to get involved and raise a bit of money, then uh, I'll be keeping you all updated on how to join in. So that'd be fun.
2: I'm sure we can, we can get a go crew together. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that by day six, you are running at a pace that I can keep up with because otherwise you're going to finish well ahead of me which would be rather embarrassing
0: i'm gonna be crawling i tell you now i'm not gonna have any knees i just
2: i mean i don't want you to be injured but at a place which is more than manageable for somebody who is definitely not running 60 kilometers a week would be helpful
0: well i'm sure we'll be going slow
1: have you got a have you got a goal in mind or is it
0: just to finish I everyone's like oh like marathon times." I don't care I just want to finish <laughs> and then maybe I'll focus on that after if I carry on running a bit but I just want to to be fair it'd be nice to have it done within five hours of the day because it means I'm done on I can eat so
1: yeah more time for river boats and lasagnas
0: exactly
2: yeah. What's your um, while we're talking about food, um, what's your go to refueling at the moment? What do you eat when you've been for a long run <laughs> other than sweets? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nothing, I just eat sweets. Wait, look at this. I have got I love Chew I discovered Chew recently again, best and I, husband, and I just bought loads 12 quid, and there's 40 packets. I've eaten about a lot of them. <laughs> um, so sweets, what do I refuel with? Toast. I'm a big fan of toast, to be fair. There's a lot of toast going on and a lot of sweets. I feel yeah. like that's really not very <laughs> it's not very the nutritional value of all of it is not particularly high, but it makes me happy.
1: Yeah. And I think joy converts directly into calories as well. So exactly. That's what I do.
0: Exactly. i'm also quite good at family share size bags of crisps <laughs>
1: so the charity is calm mm-hmm. just giving rothwell for donations official yeah. rothwell on instagram rothwell we'll- official we'll- official of rothwell
0: official rothwell or Run yeah. rother's run whichever run You might
2: have said this, what's the date of the day you land in Bristol or you're starting at Bath?
0: Yeah, no, the whole thing goes from the 9th I'm setting off um, and then I'll be getting into Bristol on the 14th.
1: Obviously, good luck. Final few weeks of training. I'm sure they'll be great, as as good as eight weeks of training running can be. Obviously, building up the internships, if you guys see Ella in a class, enjoy Wait. it. Have a bit of fun, make you feel comfortable. Um, if you've been in a class already, cool. You know, you'll know she's she's super fun. She's great at what she does. Good luck with the internship. Good luck with the run.
0: Thank you.
1: You are very welcome. Ellie, any last thoughts or questions before we wrap up?
2: No questions. Let's try and get a few people together to run with you so a couple of weeks beforehand we'll we'll put something out in the gym where if people want to sign up if we have the checkpoints so that you've got your marathon half marathon 10k maybe then just a the 5k as you come into Bristol and then people can put their names down for whichever one they want and then I can help you coordinate those people at certain times so that you've got your
0: that would be you know, crew um, with you. amazing that would be amazing I'm um, potentially putting some t-shirts online so there'll be t-shirts as well if people want to run in t-shirts and be like a cool gang (laughs) (laughs) have you got a
1: have you got a running bum bag as well
0: i've got about five (laughs) (laughs) another brag sorry that was so braggy um i've got backpacks i've taken to a backpack because it's getting hot, so I have to run in shorts, but shorts mean chub rub. So I've got to have Vaseline whenever I go, <laughs> which is a nightmare. Um, and I've got a little camel pack with water. Very, very sophisticated and posh. So yeah, um, I love a running running bum bag. Love,
1: love those. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, it's been absolutely wonderful having you join us. Thank you for giving up an hour of your evening to chat to us.
0: No, thank you for having me. It's been lush.
1: Ellie, thank you again for giving up your time and for prepping some questions while I've been lazy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's my pleasure, as always.
1: Cool. So, team, (laughs) as always, if you have any questions, if anything we've talked about today has got you thinking, if it's got you wanting to learn a little bit more about you know, charity, the, the charity Ella's running for, I guess anything mental health, really, you know, anything that you, know, you feel like Ella might be able to help with or Ella's comfortable helping with. If you have any questions about anything else that we've touched on, running, uh, nutrition, anything like that, any of the usual stuff, give us a shout, Instagram, um, give us a shout in person, drop the gym an email, you know, however you're most comfortable getting in touch because the more, rel- the more, I guess, relative the content can be, the more value that you're gonna get from it and the more value we're gonna be able to deliver. And we enjoy doing this. We enjoy talking to different people. I enjoy getting to meet loads of different people who have very different perspectives of things. So the more we can do that and the more bespoke the subject, the better. On that note, team, have a wonderful evening. Ellie, I hope you enjoy your evening. Ella, thank you so much for joining us and everyone, we will see you again soon. Unusually on this one, I'm going to stick the jingle at the end as well because now everyone knows that you sing it it'll have a little bit more relevance so team have a lovely day
0: or oh, you listening to this podcast now settle in grab a cuppa it's, it's welcome it's the Velasco Fitness Collective podcast with James and